And so we're going to pick up here with the Law of One, Session 9. This was received January 27, <clears throat> 1981. There's the link. This is the revised or re-listened version. Uh, here we have, in Session 9, about 23 exchanges with Don and Ra. Uh, the topics include um, a little bit about healing, but really, in the beginning, Don is asking for Ra's recommendations or guidance on how to produce the book, how to <clears throat> uh, organize the questioning, how to make the outline for presentation to the public, and Ra doesn't give that much about it. Then we have some questions about harvest and the progression through densities, particularly first and second, a little bit about solar system history, like uh, the transfer from Mars and the conditions of Maldek and Bigfoot. <clears throat> and that's about it. And so this is a session more about cosmic plan and history uh, and less so about uh, soul evolution principles or self-transformation. So um, 9.0, Rob makes the initial greeting. I greet you in the love and the light of our infinite creator. We communicate now. And Don then asks, um, <laughs> some tells some comments about uh, how he's trying to figure out how to make a best make this um, presentation to the public of the channeling. Uh, can you suggest a publisher <laughs> for the book? And Ra says no. And um, <clears throat> Don then asks, uh, 9.2. Can you tell us anything about our past incarnations? Uh, the group of Don, Jim, Carla. Uh, interestingly, Ross says, um, it is possible to tell him of their past incarnations. It is possible. However, such information as this is carefully gar guarded by your mind-body-spirit-being totality, meaning the total self, not only uh, manifests body, mind, spirit, and higher self, but also totality, seventh density, the totality of our self as a seven-dimensional being. Such information as this is carefully guarded by your mind, body, spirit, being, totality, so that your present space-time experiences will be undiluted. <clears throat> undiluted means not diluted by awareness or recognition of past life dynamics. How does that dilute our focus in the present moment? Uh, it dilutes for a person who has not developed the channels in mind to access that information on their own. For uh, an adept, for Gautama, for Nityananda, <clears throat> for uh, a fully or significantly enlightened being, it does not dilute uh, the present moment focus. Uh, but for those who are just saying, gimme, give me the information, teacher, um, it would be dilutive or <laughs> diluting uh, because they haven't done the work internally to expand um, awareness of the present moment and thereby access that information as a portion of reality now. But they're just saying, tell me about it, and uh, yet <clears throat> they haven't done the work and therefore, uh, there would be a distraction from a focus in the present moment. It's, it's by focus in the present moment, like meditation and samadhi, concentration, leading to uh, wisdom, and therefore including, not only, but including awareness of past lives, by that um, strengthened focus in the present moment, which expands uh, awareness beyond the physical present moment into what we consider past lives, by that method, uh, coming to awareness of past lives does not dilute our focus, but is a manifestation of an expanded awareness of now. But for the person who just says, give me this information, tell me, uh, do it to me, uh, it represents a distraction and... Um, immature or unwise uh, focus on uh, past 
as being more important than present, which it isn't. But <clears throat> Ra says a little and says, let us scan, scan your mind, for harmless material for your beingness, meaning for your question. And Ra says, <clears throat> I am, in the distortion of desire for your freedom from preconception, able to speak only generally. So this um, freedom from preconception means freedom from uh, having a diluted uh, present moment focus or, or focus of, what, of recognition of what's important, uh, which higher self wants us to keep our true values of what's really important and a true teacher will not um, will not give trivial information. <clears throat> and a true teacher may actually refuse many requests of the student. So, in Ra's desire to keep Don's freedom from preconception, which is the dilution of their moment-to-moment -moment experience, preconception being attached to the idea of past life inf information as being so important, able to speak only generally, Ra, then Ra goes on, there have been several times when this group worked and dwelt together, the relationships varied, there's balanced karma as you'd call it, uh, each thus the teacher of each, meaning Don and Jim and Carla. The work has involved healing, understanding the uses of the earth energy, which is probably crystal related and earth balancing, and work in aid of civilizations, which called just as your sphere has done and we have come meaning they were wanderers on other planets that called for help too. This ends the material which we consider harmless. <laughs> and that's it. <clears throat> and Don didn't pick up on it, and that was the end of that. Realizing that Ra is not going to give that kind of information because it's not really important. But if you uh, achieve expanded awareness on your own by your own efforts, and understanding of past lives comes then, uh, there is no preconception or it's not dilutive and uh, greater beings know their past lives uh, and it doesn't distract them from true values and priorities. 9.3 um, Don is sort of asking uh, what exercise should I concentrate on? What should I do? <laughs> He's sort of wondering where to go. Ross says, again to direct your judgment is an intrusion upon your space-time continuum distortion called future. To speak of past or present within our, within our distortion judgment limits is acceptable. To guide rather than teach-learn is not acceptable to our distortion in regards to teach-learning. <laughs> we instead can suggest a process whereby each chooses for the first of the exercises given in the order in which we gave them, which in your discernment, uh, which you in your discernment feel is not fully appreciated by your mind-body-spirit complex. Uh, this is the proper choice, <clears throat> building from the foundation, making sure the ground is good for the building. We have assessed for you the intensity of this effort in terms of energy expended. You will take this in mind and be patient, for we have not given a short or easy program of consciousness learned teaching. So the healing and initiation of mind, body, spirit, the four practices of healing mind to um, <clears throat> discover the completeness of one's own mind, which is internalizing the polarity, which is recognizing um, the uh, complement to our conscious attitudes and preferences, which is uh, an internalization of our polarized preferences. I am strong, I am not weak, I am smart, I am not stupid, I am good, I am not bad. Uh, this is polarized judgment or opinion. Uh, to see the completeness of mind and then accept it is a portion of the healing and balancing of mind. And then we can internalize or realize the completeness of mind of others and then accept that. These are just the four, first four stages of healing of mind, healing initiation of mind then there's body, then there's spirit, then there's a unification of, the, of all of that. <clears throat> uh, and so that is the not short and not easy program of consciousness learned teaching that Ra's giving. And Ra's saying, you know, step by step, build from the foundation, make sure the ground is good for building, 
Uh, and what's better is basically where you choose the first of the various exercises they gave uh, <clears throat> in the order in which they gave them, which you feel you don't fully understand, which is not yet fully appreciated by yourself. And so for us, uh, we just take it as we will and um, see how uh, it applies. <clears throat> I would just say that the first time, or first couple of times I read the teachings uh, from Ra about healing and balance, I totally didn't get them and didn't even know what they were talking about clearly. Now, after having read many times and being teaching it and putting together the compilation of healing and balance, <clears throat> I understand it much better. Uh, but I have not mastered it, and um, I couldn't say I'm some expert on the initiatic system that Ra's giving, initiation of mind-body-spirit. But um, it's workable, and step-by-step step is the right way, according to your own preferences. And that's about it for talking about healing in this session. <clears throat> After that, Don gets into questions about cosmic plan. 9.4. Don says, the way I understand the process of evolution of a planetary population is that a population has a certain amount of time to progress. This is generally divided into three 25,000-year cycles. This is 3D, actually, only 3D. At the end of 75,000 years, the planet progresses itself. What causes this situation to come about? The preciseness of the years, 25,000 years, etc. What set this up to begin with? Good question. But this is only about 3D. And I don't know if 3D in other solar systems even is 75,000 years, although it may be. I'm not sure. Ra says, 9.4, visualize, if you will, the particular energy which, outward flowing and inward coagulating, form the tiny realm of the creation governed by your council and law of Saturn, meaning the solar system. So visualize the energy streams and the sun and um, the pulsing and development of, of energy matter which created this solar system governed by the Council of Saturn. Continue seeing the rhythm of the process. <clears throat> the living flow creates a rhythm which is as inevitable as one of your timepieces, meaning like a clock, like a watch. There's a, there is a mathematical uh, precision to the living flow of energy in the galaxy that is associated with the formation and development of solar systems, particularly also the rotation or orbit of solar systems around galactic center. Each of your planetary entities began the first cycle when the energy nexus of that planet, which I'm planetary entities in this case means a planet, each of your planetary entities, planets, began the first cycle of its own evolution, when the energy nexus was able in that environment, that planet, to support such mind-body experiences, meaning the development of life through the densities. Thus, each of your planetary entities is on a different cyclical schedule, as you may call it. As I said, Earth is 1, 2, 3, and 4th density activated in process now. Venus is through 6. Other planets are different. The timing of these cycles is a measurement equal to a portion of intelligent energy. So it's um, uh, <clears throat> metaphysical uh, astro astro astrophysics, meta you know astro uh, meta metaphysical astrophysics, because intelligent energy is invisible and unmeasurable currently by uh, by human science. So, but there are cycles for planets, and there are cycles for the evolution of solar systems. Uh, and the movement of solar systems around galactic center also has a mathematical precision to it, but it's associated with um, cycles that are beyond our, our reckoning. <clears throat> Ra goes on, this intelligent energy offers a type of clock. The cycles move as precisely as a clock strikes your hour. Thus, the gateway from intelligent energy to intelligent infinity, which is a comparable to 6th and 7th chakra, intelligent energy being what's activated or what's utilized by six chakra activation, uh, intelligent energy source being that which is accessed at seventh chakra. So the gateway from intelligent energy, six dimensional, six chakra, to intelligent energy, I'm sorry, intelligent infinity, 
seventh chakra, seventh dimensional, that gateway opens regardless of circumstance on the striking of the hour. The circumstance in this case means whatever condition of mind humanity is in, whether many people are ready to graduate or very few, or humanity is in crisis and world chaos, world crisis, or uh, in peace and harmony. Regardless of those circumstances, the precision of when dimensional shift occurs for planet Earth, as associated with the movement of the solar system around galactic center, uh, that occurs according to a, a mathematical precision, or um, as precisely as a, as a clock strikes your hour. So it's not um, determined by humanity. Humanity's development influences the timing of dimensional shift, but dimensional shift meaning the full activation of a fourth dimension on Earth or the termination of the third density physical material civilization phase. The end of this 75,000 year cycle, yes, um, will be the end of 3D civilization, absolutely. And that's the rapture, the ascension, that's dimensional shift, that's the new, new heaven and new earth, <clears throat> that's the beginning of fourth density positive civilization on Earth, and is associated with the end of 3D, no more human cycle, uh, human civilization at this level. That uh, occurs as precisely as a clock strikes the hour, regardless of circumstance or the state of humanity. However, the state or mind conditions of humanity does influence when the Logos um, will... Um, there is a little wiggle room, and there is a window in which the striking of the hour or the dimensional shift window opening occurs. <clears throat> and um, we're, we're almost there now, obviously. So, uh, 9.5. Some questions about, about density, uh, densities and development of densities. Don says, the original, or the first entities on this planet, what was their origin? How were they? What were they? Where were they before they were on this planet? <laughs> and Ra says, the first entities upon this planet were water, fire, air, and earth. Or earth, water, fire, and air. Four elements. These are not considered ensouled entities. They don't have a conscious mind, uh, but they have a living fullness. They have a quality of energy or life, but they don't have any kind of consciousness uh, in and of themselves. They, they simply exist according to their tendencies. So earth is um, stationary, unmoving, and the quality of solidity. Water is uh, fluidic and has a dissolution, dissolutional quality and more energy than Earth, meaning it's in movement, or it's um, more fluid. It, its vibratory potentials are greater than the Earth element. Then you have fire and air, and that's um, fire is the transformative bridge, actually, from Earth, water to air. And air um, is essentially not physical. It's actually um, kind of electromagnetic wave or, or that which causes the wind to blow. That which causes the wind to blow is actually um, electromagnetic perturbation. Perturbation of chi or prana or ki. Uh, it's actually a six-dimensional uh, effect in the material world. Uh, but the the transubstantiation of earth and water uh, to air or to gaseous goes through fire. So fire is a great transformer, and Heraclitus appreciated it a lot. Uh, and that's all Don asked about first density. And so you can see why the raw material is fragmented, because Don was in many ways figuring it out on the fly and didn't know himself what he should ask um, because it was all new. I mean, he had certain set questions before, and as the sessions progressed, they had more um, of an outline of questions to ask. But uh, Ra's continually giving him a curve, throwing him a curve, meaning information that was unexpected and, and novel and surprising and interesting, but hard to pick up on on the fly. Uh, and so it was very stressful. 
and this is still only session number nine. So uh, it's only been a month or something, you know. I mean, when did this contact start? It was, I think, in January 1981. So, which was my first year in college, right after I learned meditation. So I, in fact, I was in meditation retreat during this time. In fact, I believe in January 1981. So I hope to imagine that I was helping them. Um, but you can see why the questions are fragmented, the answers are fragmented, or it's hard to piece things together, uh, because uh, it was continually new and um, pro provocative, thought-provoking, and deep material coming from Ra, one after another, uh, and it took a while to kind of get clear uh, what, how, how to question effectively and what questions were best to ask. 9.6, um, we leave the discussion of harvest and densities, and we'll come back to it. And Don has some questions about solar system history and the transfer from Mars. Very interesting stuff. Don asks, 9.6, the people that we now have, the people like us, where did they come from? How did they evolve? Very unclear question. And Ra says, well, you speak of third density experience. The first of those to come here were brought from another planet in your solar system called by you the red planet, Mars. This planet's environment became inhospitable due, inhospitable to third density beings by their own warfare. The first entities, therefore, were of this race, as you may call it, manipulated somewhat by those who were guardians at that time. Now that is a chock-full answer. So you can see it's very difficult to to pick up on this when it's all new uh, on the fly in the middle of a session where Carla is under trance. Don is speaking first of third density experience only. Uh, he's asking when did the first humans, human level beings come to Earth? And that was 75,000 years ago from Mars, which is a planet of a third density, was a third density planet that blew off its atmosphere according to its warfare. And um, 75,000 years ago, <clears throat> Ra, I have a timeline of ET Earth contact history. And 75,000 years ago, 50% of the population on Earth was Martian. 25% was evolved from the animal kingdom, meaning monkeys and gorillas. And 25% or so was from other cycled 3D planets, meaning repeaters, uh, 3D souls from other planets that already got into, went into fourth density, but that those beings didn't graduate. So they had not sufficient polarity, positive or negative, to graduate. That was 25%, 25% from the animal evolution, native here, and 50% from Mars. Uh, <clears throat> they were then manipulated somewhat by those who were guardians at this time, and actually that's the beginning of the Yahweh story and the interaction between the true Yahweh and the false Yahweh, which is Orion, and the Hebrews, and negativity or polarity on Earth, and we'll get into that much more further. Uh, Don goes on, what race is that, and how did they get from Mars to here? Ross well, says, that race, the race, uh, the race um, that you're talking about from Mars is a combination of the mind-body-spirit complexes of those of your so-called red planet, Mars, and a careful series of genetical adjustments made by the guardians of that time, meaning 75,000 years ago. <clears throat> that was a elder Sixth Density Confederation group, I believe. Those entities arrived, or were preserved, for the experience upon your sphere, Earth, by a type of birthing which is non-reproductive, ah, but consists of preparing genetic material for the incarnation of the mind-body-spirit complexes of those entities from the Red Planet. So, uh, there were no human. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, actually, the chicken on another dimension came before the egg, which was first to this dimension. <laughs> and so, the beings, uh, the human level souls of Mars, came first, but incarnated on Earth with, before there were any other human bodies on Earth. Of course. If there's no body, uh, how can you make a baby? Well, 
uh, it was by non-reproductive birthing, meaning um, some kind of <clears throat> uh, uh, artificial synthesized birth process overseen by uh, the Guardians or Elder Confederation Six Density Group or groups um, that was a sort of uh, establishing of those 3D souls into onto planet Earth where there had been no physical, no human level bodies before, right? There were gorilla bodies, but that's not, uh, that doesn't give birth to a human soul entity. Uh, but uh, the first, the, the, you know, that's how you, that's how there was, you know, the egg came before the chicken. The chick, the, the chicken came before the egg, <laughs> meaning the 3D entities existed uh, before they had material incarnation. Uh, but the first material incarnation was a kind of synthetic or artificial genetic, uh, mod genetically modified birthing process or birthing process which is non-reproductive, preparing the genetic material uh, that is associated with the human body and human mind, human, human level form for these entities from Mars. Uh, and that was done by elder race guardians, and that um, was the beginning of the the quarantine issue and the um, mistakes or complicated intervention between Confederation and humanity began with that first intervention, actually. <clears throat> so Don says, I'm assuming what you're saying is that the guardians transferred the race here after that race had died from the physical as we know it on Mars. Is it correct? Yes, it's correct. 9-9, nine, nine. the Guardians obviously were acting with an understanding of the Law of One in doing this. Can you explain the application of the Law of One in this process? This is um, touching on the issues of Law of Free Will, actually. And Ross says, the Law of One was named by these Guardians as the bringing of the wisdom of the Guardians in contact with the entities from the Red Planet. So there was genetic blending right away. <clears throat> thus melding the social memory complex of the guardian race and the red planet race. So the elder guardians, I believe it was a sixth density group, Yahweh. In fact, I believe the group that contacted the, the Yahweh of the Old Testament, which uh, Ra indicates was an elder extraterrestrial confederation group, probably a sixth density group, maybe from Sirius, that extraterrestrial group, which was named Yahweh in the Bible, which contacted Moses originally and gave very pure teachings originally, was actually the same guardian group uh, that interplayed or had genetic blending with the Martian transferees. <clears throat> so the 3D souls from Mars, who by their aggression blew off their atmosphere and destroyed their civilization 75,000 years ago or so, were transferred to Earth by higher self in a normal way with assistance from the Guardians who did some kind of genetic blending. Those Guardians ultimately were the source of the original positive teachings to Moses, which were later perverted by a false Yahweh, which was Orion, which gave notions of holy war and uh, elitism chosen people elitism, which was not the original teaching, uh, that perversion of the angry, so-called angry, jealous God, wrathful Yahweh, was an Orion co-opting the name Yahweh, uh, which was in touch with Moses 3,500 years ago or so. That Yahweh was originally, or is, a confederation elder group, which I believe is this guardian race uh, that Ross says did genetic blending with those transferred from Mars. Long story. So, <clears throat> they basically brought the wisdom of the Guardians, meaning the genetics, in contact with the entities from Mars, melding the social memory complex, or some elements of mind, actually, of the Guardian race, Yahweh, actually, and the Martians who were transferred. However, Rock goes on, it, however, took an increasing amount of distortion into the application of the Law of One, from the viewpoint of other guardians who are watching, and it is from this beginning action that the quarantine of this planet was instituted, for it was felt 
actually by the other guardians, that the free will of those of the red planet had been abridged by um, this positively oriented ET group, guardians, I think it was uh, Sixth Density Yahweh, uh, that had done genetic blending with those from Mars. So you can see that Sixth Density, you know, <clears throat> they um, have disagreement. Higher self is not uh, a supreme, you know, fully enlightened being. Compared to Gautama or Nityananda, Buddha, the Buddha is Gautama, Siddhartha Gautama. I use the term Gautama, his title, his name, because the Buddha is a little silly, I think. So according to Gautama and Nityananda, uh, Indian uh, Maha, Mahapurush, great soul, uh, they don't make mistakes, they live in infinity, they are infinity, and therefore they see um, what, what will happen, they see the future, so they don't make mistakes. Uh, meanwhile, it's meaning they know what the consequences of all action will be. Meanwhile, uh, sixth density, higher self, Atman, these sixth density elder extraterrestrials are not perfected. They live in unify, unity or the unified self, but they have disagreements and some, and they don't see the future completely. Therefore, they don't know completely the consequences of all action. So they uh, suppose, <laughs> rather than know totality, uh, they suppose this will be good and helpful, uh, but they may disagree and they may... Uh, intervene or uh, act in ways that lead to unexpected or perverted consequences, perverted intentions leading to unexpected deleterious consequences like um, genetic intervention or technology transfers with Earth, as we'll see later on. So this is, you know, complicated and subtle. Uh, <clears throat> it this in This increasing amount of distortion into the application of the Love One really means that it was felt that it was an infringement. And so other guardians, other elder confederation groups, Sixth Density, considered that this genetic blending of the original true Yahweh confederation group, Sixth Density group, and the Martian souls coming in, that that was infringement or um, a violation of the law of free will. <clears throat> but the Council of Saturn okayed it. So that gets complicated. But from that in that interaction, the quarantine of Earth was instituted, which is a limitation of how negatives inter interact. is is a um, uh, filter that limits negative um, intervention from 4D negative uh, from Orion, and that was established even at the start, 75,000 years ago. So. It's a long story, but let me keep going here. So Don's wondering, were these entities from the Red Planet following the Law of One prior to leaving the Red Planet? I, I, his use, Don's use of the term, the Law of One, you know, shows that he doesn't understand it so well. And the Law of One is the reality that all is one. That reality is actually a perception of unity. The perception of unity um, is the counterbalance to the perception of duality, meaning there's me and there's you and there's past and there's present and there's future, there's time and space and there's body and essence and there's form and formless. All of that, all of those words come from concepts that come from perceptions of duality. The counterpart to that is the perception of unity. That itself is an illusion also because it's simply the counterpole to the previous illusion of the perception of duality. Okay, So, perceiving duality and believing that's reality is, is a distortion. Perceiving unity and believing that's a fundamental reality is also a distortion. And, and enlightenment is beyond uh, attachment to perception of unity. So, Let's uh, make that clear for those who are ready. Now, it's not that they, the people on Mars were following the Law of One in some kind of lawful way. You know, the Law of One is not a thing. 
It's not like some rule in a book. Uh, it's really awareness that duality is illusion. But if you are on the positive path, you're certainly moving towards realization of the law of one. So, 9.10, Ra says, The entities of the red planet were attempting to learn the laws of love meaning move towards positive fourth density, 4D positive, the law of love. The entities of the red planet were attempting to, law, to learn the laws of love, which form one of the primal distortions of the law of one. However, the tendencies of these people towards bellicose actions caused such difficulties in the atmospheric environment of their planet that it became inhospitable for third density experience before the end of its cycle. Thus, the red planet entities were unharvested and continued in your illusion to attempt to learn the law of love. So when Ra says the law of one, they're saying the word law also means way, the way of love, the Dhamma, the teaching or truth and reality of uh, these conditions of awareness associated with dimensional levels. In sixth dimension, or activation of six chakra, we are aware of the way or the reality of one, the law of one, the way of one, the truth of unity. In fifth density, we're living the law of light, which is the way of light wisdom, or truth, reality, truth, knowing, uh, which is associated with fifth chakra activation. In fourth density, entities are learning the laws of love, or the way of love, uh, which is the reality of um, universal uh, acceptance and uh, compassion for all, uh, seen that all is a manifestation of love. So that's that's these dimensions: the law of love, law of light, law of one, are associated with fourth, fifth, sixth dimensional consciousness or awareness, and they are not um, rules but they're rather realities that are associated with a way of development. The way of love is the development of love. The way of light, or the law of light, fifth density, is a full recognition of the reality of light. All is light. All is love, all is light, all is one. Four, five, six. So, <clears throat> however, them angry Martians... Um, Tendencies towards bellicose actions caused so much difficulties that they they blew off their atmosphere. So, of course, there was civilization on Mars. And, yeah, they're here. And, uh, you know, if you want to know why humanity is the way it is, you have to look at the sources of humanity. One of the sources is Mars. In fact, and perhaps the major source of the tendencies of mind of humanity is Martian. And so that's um, not surprising, like the Romulans and the Roman Empire and the Reds, all those Reds, uh, root chakra, the color is red, uh, that's the, the foundational consciousness of Earth humanity, uh, red bellicosity, aggression. And then you have these very sick souls from Mars, from Mal, from Maldek here, and then all of the, the slackers who didn't graduate and missed graduation on other 3D planets. <clears throat> Thus, we have Earth humanity. How long ago did this transfer occur from the red planet to Earth? Ross said it occurred approximately 75,000 years ago. This is approximately correct. On goes on. Were there any entities of this form that I am now, two arms, two legs, on this planet before the transfer occurred? And that's a good question. Meaning, was there any human level beingness or social complex activity on Earth before the Martian transfer 75,000 years ago? <clears throat> Ross says, there have been visitors to your sphere at various times for the last four million years, approximately. These visitors do not affect the cycling of the planetary sphere, meaning Earth was not third density in its environment until the time previously mentioned, Ross said, which means before 75,000 years ago, Earth was second density, plants and animals only, and the, you know, the four elements and the plants and animals. Consciousness without self-consciousness, 
mind-body complex, or mind-bodies, not mind-body-spirit complexes. And so there were visitors, um, yes indeed, um, some of us old folks know about this, we were visitors to uh, planet Earth in the second density phase, before the advent of uh, Homan, meaning uh, five-man, five-aspected uh, mind, meaning third-density souls. Uh, there were some visitors, but that didn't affect the cycling because they came into second density. They were coming and going. They were Confederation workers and uh, helping things out <clears throat> uh, for the last four million years. Uh, anthropological, archaeological studies that show human-level beings, you know, a million years ago and stuff, uh, would presumably be second, you know, late second-density creatures, meaning humanoid-type, um, you know, mammalian animals. Animals or gorilla, uh, monkey-types, whatever, that were uh, evolutionary, evolutionarily transitional to the fully bipedal, upright, you know, human form of today, that would be, that would account for the humanoid type forms that are found archaeologically older than 75,000 years. Now, again, there are other stories about human history, and there's a lot of confusion about dating. But I'll just say, you know, this is what Ra says, that there was no um, established human-level community on Earth before 75,000 years. So, there are other views, again, and um, this is not everything. Ra's not presenting the totality of Earth history. Uh, so, there's some possibility that there's there are, there are important matters not being said here. So, going beyond 914, Don says, Then there were second-density entities here prior to 75,000 years ago? What type of entities were these? Good question. And Ra now talks about second density. The second density, says Ra, second density is the density of the higher plant life and animal life which exists without the upward drive towards the infinite, meaning there's no self-consciousness. These second, second density beings are of an octave of consciousness, an octave, meaning there are seven sub-dimensional levels of awareness, of development, 2.1, through 2.7, just like we are also an octave of consciousness, 3.1 through 3.7, developed developed awareness or consciousness in third density. So, these second density beings are of an octave of consciousness, just as you find various orientations of consciousness among the conscious or self-conscious, actually, entities of your vibration. So, this is a long, long story, but if, if you have eyes to see, it is possible to determine the um, the uh, consciousness uh, density classification or level of the people we meet. Meaning, most people are 3.2, the more thoughtful people are 3.3, and then there are subplanes beyond that, there's 3.2.1, 3.2. something, but 3.2 means human level, self-conscious, mind, body, spirit, uh, not animal, but living from body and emotional identification. 3.3 means human level. Uh, 0.3 three is the human level. 0.3 means living from primarily uh, mental, intellectual, social identifications. I am my job, I am my work, I am my personality. Second, 3.2 is I am my body, I am my emotions and my feelings. I am my body and my feelings, 3.2. I am my thoughts and social positioning, 3.3. Uh, Both of those are repeaters, meaning if the person has not developed beyond 3.2 or 3.3, ain't going nowhere, they're not going to graduate, it's not sufficient polarization for moving out of their density. Then there are those who have polarized and are 3.4, 3.5, 3.6, but they may be positive or negative. And that's a whole nother story. So there's 3.5 positive and 3.5 negative. There is actually 3.4 positive and 3.4 negative. Uh, so 
3.4 or 5 or 6 level development, which is, these are the various orientations of consciousness among the conscious entities of our Earth, of, of humanity. These are polarized levels. And 3.1, 3.2, 3 3.3 basically represent uh, non-polarized and surely repeating um, human consciousness positions, groupings of humanity on Earth. Through 915, <clears throat> um, I think we might be able to move through this whole session, if you guys can bear with me. We have another maybe 10 minutes or so, 15. 915, and again, if you have any questions, just write it there and I'll, I'll get them. Don asks, did any of these second entity entities have shapes like ours? Two arms, two legs, head, and walk upright on two forms, meaning the bipedal form was that current, was that active in the animal kingdom. Ra915 says the two higher of the sub-vibrational levels of second density beings, meaning 2.6 and 2.7, the two higher of the sub-vibrational levels of second density beings had the configuration of the biped, meaning walking on two legs, as you mentioned. However, the erectile movement which you experience, meaning walking, you know, erect or vertical, uh, was not totally affected in these beings because they hunched over, who were tending towards the leaning forward, barely leaving the quadrupedal position. So they're knuckle draggers, you know, knuckle walkers. Uh, there are a lot of knuckle dragging knuckle walkers among humanity today. You can see them at the mall, in fact. So, uh, <clears throat> some things haven't changed too much, but no, of course. Uh, this is 2.6, 2.7, the two higher sub-vibrational levels of second density. Uh, they were bipedal, yes. However, they were not fully off of, of the, their arms and hands or paws. Uh, just like some, you know, gorillas walk. Um, partly erect and partly on four legs, or, you know, on their arms as legs. 916. Um, where did these beings come from? Were they a product of evolution, as it's understood by our scientists? Were they evolved from the original material of the Earth that you spoke of? Ross says, yes, this is correct. Meaning, yeah, of course, they orig the, the bodies evolved from the original material of the Earth. 917. Did they evolve, Don's wondering, did they evolve from second density to third? Yes, of course. So Ross says, this is correct. Although no guarantee can be made of the number of cycles, it will take an entity to learn the lessons of consciousness of self, which are the prerequisite for, for transition to third density. So, the lessons of consciousness of self, development of a, um, a primary or a, in, an incipient a germinal sense of self is the requirement for graduation second to third density. The development of polarity, positive or negative, which is the ways of love, but um, love can be seen in a very selfish way on the negative path. They think they're doing good, all those negatives. Uh, that represents a movement into fourth density negative. So uh, for those entities to move through second or from second density to graduate to third, from the animal or higher plant to the human, they have to learn uh, the lessons of consciousness of self, the lessons of an awareness of a self, but sense of separation, which is an illusion, but it's necessary for evolution. And then it dissolves later on. So that's what's needed, and it can take uh, any number of cycles. Just likewise, <laughs> as they're finding out, it can take any number of cycles uh, for an entity to learn the ways of love or to polarize sufficiently to get out of third density. So the question here, you ask, uh, does the beginning of third density always require genetic intervention from higher beings? No. Um, because there is a natural evolution of second density entities without investment by genetics, technology, or um, heavy overshadowing from higher beings uh, to allow, there is a natural uh, birthing of third density beings on a planet that is, by its own cycles, moving into third density, uh, if 
the the current second l you know the higher levels of the second density group plant or animal are capable of graduation so uh, there are two different things going on then the your second question is is it more common for a native third native second density animal form to become usable for third um I think that that's probably more common that uh, you see in any case in general it's normally um, the second density forms the 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 form body form of the late second density harvestable beings that becomes the template for the form used by those beings in third density so the mammalian bipedal erectile uh, opposable thumb form of the humanoid is a carryover from the forms, body forms of the late second density mammalians who were harvestable and the 25% uh, composite the portion of 25% that is of the total composition of the uh, beginning of humanity 75,000 years ago 25% were native second density graduates uh, and the car the form that is the human form today is obviously a carryover from the body form of late second density entities uh, mammalian who uh, actually were harvestable uh, but there is commonly I think some genetic intervention or some higher intervention for sure I don't think it's always genetic but sometimes um, that is assisting the uh, development of um, third density, the, the the establishment of a new third density cycle. I think that it probably, you know, the extent to which higher dimensional beings, meaning sixth density confederation, has to come work in the garden uh, with genetic intervention or any kind of overshadowing or manipulation, the extent to which they're needed in helping second density entities graduate to third density uh, varies and depends probably on the uh, degree of harvestability of the second density group. In this case on Earth, we had a, a different situation <clears throat> or another element pushed in, which was the fact that these third density angry folks on Mars blew off their atmosphere and made the planet uninhabitable. So they needed to go somewhere, and it was the logoic decision uh, that they stay in the solar system and come to Earth, which was about ready to start its 3D cycle. Now, it may actually be, actually, that Earth was not ready to begin its third density cycle, but um, there was some um, artificial hastening. It's an interesting point, and in fact, it's very esoteric, and I don't know it, but <laughs> Earth may well not have been fully ready to begin its third density cycle when the Martians just happened to blow off their atmosphere and you had a group of millions of souls, I think, I mean, I don't know the numbers, but it's a big number, I think, that uh, needed another 3D rock home. And so that may be part of the problem on planet Earth, is that um, its third density cycle would not have begun at that time 75,000 years ago were it not for the Mars Martian group that needed a new 3D home. So... That's very esoteric. Anyway, let me keep going here. <clears throat> uh, let me see something. 18, 19. Yeah, I think we can finish this. There are just a few more questions here about Maldek and Bigfoot. So, um, again, uh, the uh, normal way, of course, was for the native elder or native uh, higher dimensional levels of animal and plant to graduate into third density or become human level with sufficient uh, development of consciousness of self when the planet is ready according to uh, the clock striking on the hour the movement of the solar system around galactic center uh, that was um, perhaps hastened by the need to take care of those bellicose Martians who blew off their atmosphere. So, uh, 918, is there a particular race of people on our planet now who were incarnated here from second density? 
Uh, meaning, is there like some particular group that all came from Earth's second density? Meaning animal, animal uh, graduates. Ma says, there are no second density consciousness complexes here on your sphere at this time. I think what they mean is there are no um, uh, I don't know what they're saying actually. There are no um, uh, strictly second density uh, societies, like animal societies, consciousness complexes on Earth at this time. I'm not really sure what they mean by no second density consciousness complexes here in your sphere. Um, I think maybe they mean that maybe whether were, were there animals incarnated on Earth or plants from other planets. I'm not sure. But Ross says there are two races which use a second density form, which are third density races. One is the entities of the planetary sphere you call Maldek. These entities are working their understanding complexes through a series of what you would call karmic restitutions. Individuals have also uh, the experience of karmic restitution, which can occur over many lifetimes, by the way, in which there's a progressive lessening of a karmic load and a progressive reorientation or adjustment of consciousness to move back towards that soul's um, positive orientation. <clears throat> As for Maldek, these entities dwell within your deeper underground passageways and are known to you as Bigfoot. And this that's the main source of Bigfoot, which are reincarnated um, souls from Maldek, another 3D planet in the solar system which blew itself up 700 or 500,000 years ago, or se actually about 700 or 600,000 years ago. No, I think it was actually 500,000 years ago they blew it up but they had been in warfare for 200,000 years. So for 200,000 years on Maldek, they have warfare and then blow up their planet. For, for who knows how many years, the, Mal, the Martian souls are warring on their planet and then blow off their atmosphere. Those are, <laughs> those are the entities that live in the solar system. Meanwhile, you had, you know, six density Ra coming from Venus uh, eons ago, or two billion years ago, were in 3D. Now they're not associated with the solar system only, or our planet, but more universal. Uh, so you've got some very strong positive and some very strong negative in the solar system. So the first group of races, which are actually 3D races, using a second density form, which is unusual, is uh, a group from Maldak working through their karmic... Um, rectification process known as Bigfoot living in deeper underground passageways with some psychic awareness. The other race <clears throat> is that being offered a dwelling in this density by guardians who wish, guardians meaning elder confederation, who wish to give the mind-body-spirit complexes of those who are of this density at this time appropriately engineered physical vehicles, as you'd call these chemical complexes, in the event that there is what you call nuclear war. Now, this is a strange point, which I don't want to go into much. Uh, Ra explains in 919, these are beings which exist as instinctual second density beings, meaning animal bodies with a very, uh, pr very primitive mind activation, which are being held in reserve to form what you would call a gene pool in case these body complexes are needed. So they're basically some kind of very primitive um, mind, animal-type mind in a human-related body, a human-type body, uh, being held in reserve. These are appropriately engineered physical bodies, physical vehicles, in the event of nuclear war. Uh, this is basically to have a gene pool of humanoid-type bodies available in the case of nuclear conflagration. Lovely. These body complexes are greatly able to withstand the rigors of radiation, which the body complexes you now inhabit could not do. Now, this is totally freaked out Don. Like, what the heck are you talking about? Where are these body complexes located? 920 Ross says, these body complexes are of the second density race 
dwell in deep in uninhabited deep forest. There are many in various places over the surface of your planet. So these are basically uh, it's a very kind of odd thing. It's a it's a third density humanoid type race, but it's more of a second density, third density blend consciousness in um, modified humanoid 3D bodies uh, which are basically being held in reserve in the case of nuclear war because these bodies can withstand higher levels of radiation than our current bodies but they're sort of instinctual second density beings they're kind of like uh, animal men and not quite a 3D race and not quite a 2D animal group. There's some kind of a blend. And they're basically being held in reserve. So these body complexes of the second race, meaning the second type of Bigfoot, they're dwelling in uninhabited deep forest, not underground. So some of the Bigfoots we see come from underground passageways, and that's Maldek. There's the souls from Maldek that chose to be in those animal-related bodies uh, and uh, for their own karmic balancing. Uh, then there is this sort of Bigfoot type, which is not really a Bigfoot, but the bodies are similar, in uninhabited deep forests, many in various places over the surface of the planet. 921 Ron explains that, yeah, they are Bigfoot type creatures, this is correct, uh, but we would not call these Bigfoot as they're scarce and very able to escape detection. Uh, the first race is less able to be aware of proximity of other mind-body-spirit complexes, but these beings, uh, uh, but sorry, but these beings are very able to escape due to their technological understandings before their incarnations here. These entities are uh, these entities of the glowing eyes are most familiar to your peoples. So there are two different types of Bigfoot, and the first are from Maldak and the second are basically an instinctual human-animal consciousness blend in uh, genetically, genetically modified bodies that can withstand radiation. Uh, and uh, the second group can escape detection, but the first and the Maldak group also has certain kind of, of technological understanding based on their time in Maldak. Anyway... It's complicated, but there are two different types of Bigfoot. Ross says, actually, 922, there are three types of Bigfoot, if you will accept that vibratory sound complex, meaning the word Bigfoot, used for three such different races of mind-body-spirit complexes. The first two we have described, and the third is a thought form. So, utterly blown away, Don will say, okay, we'll do another session later today. And that was the last question of nine session nine. So there are three types of Bigfoot, one from Maldek, one as instinctual consciousness entities, instinctual animal consciousness entities in human humanoid-type bodies engineered for radiation resistance. And the third is a thought form, uh, which I don't know what they mean, but or what they're referring to, but it's a non-physical... Uh, appearance that uh, that appears as a physical form of a Bigfoot, probably associated with the history of collective uh, thought associated with it. There also may be certain abilities of um, either of, of the Maldek group based on some kind of technological um, carryover uh, to project thought forms of themselves. Uh, as a way of escaping detection or some other having some other purpose. So anyway, Bigfoot is real, and there are a couple of different types. Uh, and you can also see um, with the second type that the Confederation uh, certainly has been aware, is aware of the possibility of massive nuclear conflagration, radiation, and the need to preserve the gene pool uh, to keep beings in uh, have third density body available in the case of nuclear war. Now, how that plays into the reality that 3D is ending, uh, I'm not sure. 
but it seems that they they want to preserve at least the current human genetics <laughs> because I guess they see that there is a possibility that there is a entirely wiped out humanity like planetary annihilation planetary destruction so that's a sobering thought uh, and so then 923 is the last question Don was just asking uh, what they can do to help Carla and Ra's comment at the end is again I leave you in the love and the light of the one infinite creator go forth therefore rejoicing in the power and the peace of the one creator of the night so that is session nine uh, pretty lengthy uh, statements about cosmic plan and uh, solar system and earth history so any questions a long question there yeah your second question here is would the human race be unharvested in the case of nuclear war um, not necessarily I, I mean it would be messy because if um, you know nuclear war that can disarrange excuse me the spirit complex body mind spirit equals three interpenetrating energy fields if the if, if nuclear war leads to mass mass level or mass scale disorientation of spirit complexes of humanity which is potentially just the destruction of an entity actually although the confederation can handle that and they did that after hiroshima and nagasaki and nobody was lost uh if they were very involved in that healing process or spirit rearrangement spirit reconfiguration uh there might be some effect on harvest timing uh would the confederation make an effort to stop nuclear war absolutely uh and <clears throat> the ufo flyovers of um thermonuclear intercontinental ballistic missile silos in america and russia i believe ufo cases uh documented cases uh both nations multiple times the ufos fly over and turn off the weapons systems so <clears throat> their weapon systems were turned off by the ufos i assume that's confederation saying uh we won't let you use them and we are superior we have superior technology to you humans you human destructives so uh i think the confederation i mean the confederation's making an effort right now <laughs> to stop nuclear war uh by whatever efforts you know service to other service to humanity is to try to bring uh appreciation of peace and goodness and truth and you know well-being uh anti-war but <clears throat> uh i think that they i mean my view for many years has been they will let the children kill each other in the playroom but they won't let them burn down the house so mm, that's how i see it oh good you're very welcome and um you know thank you for being here so i can have this the pleasure of talking it again but it's very helpful for me too so i appreciate your being here <clears throat>